I'm Stephen Gregory Smith. And I'm Matt Connor. You wanted more? Here is season four of The Connor, Connor and Smith, Smith Show. Hit it. Thank you. I never know what to expect. Um, so we have a wonderful uh, friend on the show today. She has been on before some of the mini-sodes with the Super Friends, but we decided to spend more time just with her. So, drumroll please. Our guest today is the wonderful Carolyn Cole. Carolyn Cole. We will be right back. Oh my God, what on God's green earth? <laughs> it's a very complicated process here because we do not want people to know this, the code. You know, I have my IT department here <laughs> and figure it out, but I'm happy I we, we joined via phone. <laughs> We're using the same system uh, that they use uh, in the Olympics. Oh, which are on in the background right now on mute. Yes. Yep. Come on, here. Sarah Hector. Yes, yes. <laughs> Hi, Carolyn. How are you? Oh, my gosh. I'm better now. How are you? Oh, we're good. We're happy to talk to you as always. Oh, I'm so thrilled to talk to you. And I got I got Mikey here with me. Hey, um, Mike. Hi, guys. We Wait, both so have our... We both have our Connor and Smith show sweatshirts on. Yay! <laughs> Gotta support the team. Gotta support the team. I tell you one thing: if this COVID living room lasts any longer, I'm gonna be buying myself a Connor and Smith moo moo. Yes. <laughs> I checked your site. I didn't see any available. <laughs> yeah, coming soon. I'm glad I'm wearing a mask. Um, <laughs> do you guys have like all the snow still? Yeah, well, then it um it did something really fun the other day, and it started like snowing ice, and so <laughs> now it's like a couple inches of ice and a few inches of snow on top, and that happened just after the few feet of snow um started to melt. So, uh, it's a uh, it's a lovely picture outside, but I wouldn't walk down our driveway. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, you have power. We do. Thank you. Yes. You have heat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we have our sweatshirts. You have your sweatshirts. Yeah. And baby yeah. Stella. Baby Stella. We got to get her one. <laughs> Stella turned five the other day. Oh, my God. I don't know how that happened. Oh, my God. February, baby? <clears throat> February, baby. Aquarius? I thought she was going to be born on 2-2, on two, two, which would have been cute, like 2-2. Two, two, but she was born on 2-3. And uh, she spent the next day uh, saving the world and getting her vaccine. So... Oh, lovely. Believe what you like to believe, but I believe my daughter's a little superhero. That's amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. I'm so <laughs> glad. I'm so glad to hear that. It's it's so important that people kind of realize they're not scientists and that we pay people to do that and they know what they're talking about. Yeah, and that there are five-year-olds out there who are smarter than you. So Exactly. <laughs> That's always been the case. Yeah, right? <laughs> So, Carolyn, you've been our guest before on our, like, super friend roundtable things, but we never have had, like, a dedicated sit-down chat with you um, that kind of explored your story and stuff, uh, you know, I think we asked you, like, fart questions and stuff before, so, you know. <laughs> Which I pondered for days after that. It was one of those, like, oh, I should have said this, oh, I could have said that. <laughs> it's, it's, you know. It's it's the magic stuff that we do here uh, on the Connor and Smith show. Um, we um, I just wanted to to do a deeper dive. We're doing like a um, beloved DC uh, actor kind of series right now. And even though you're in Boston, you are beloved here in DC. Wait, does that mean if you're not asked on the podcast, you're not beloved? That's not true. It's not true. Exactly what that means. <laughs> It's not true. It just means I only have so many hours in the day. Right. Um, right. <laughs> so, Carolyn, I think everybody knows that your big first foray into Washington theater was with Hairspray, right? 
Yes, life changer. Um, and and for anyone who has not heard the story, how how did that all come to be? You Tracy was a role that you had wanted to be for a long time, correct? Oh, fellas, I auditioned for that. I think at that point it was um, almost nine years of auditioning for that show. I think I counted over 40 times uh, just being called in and then just deciding to not go anymore and then getting the call. Like, why weren't you there? We still want to see you. And it was kind of like, you've been seeing me for nine years. I don't know what else to do. And so when I got invited to audition uh, for Signatures Hairspray, it was I took a lot of thought and conversation and soul searching because I just sort of crossed that path of like okay I think I can close this chapter of my life it didn't happen you know and it didn't happen for a reason and I think I can start to move on and then I'm like oh pulled me right back in <laughs> but that's 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 it's the exact same story as uh Tracy Toms who was just on our show had with Rent like she <gasps> auditioned like seven times mm -hmm. and it was no 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 and then like from a, a video submission she got the movie wow and then close the show on Broadway. Oh, my goodness. Well, so, I didn't quite make it to Broadway, but Signature was my happy place. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's it's uh, a story of persistence and a st story of, like, it'll happen when it's time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so so how, how did you did you have to submit video? Is that what you did? No, I came out. Uh, I came out to uh, one of their calls. Um, of course, I danced first and was like, well, that that's it. <laughs> They're not going to keep me after this. Um, and then they did. And then um, I, I sang. And I remember um, at the end of the song, I just sort of tossed my my, you know, sheet music on the floor right uh, right at the key change. That was kind of like it for me. I'm like, I'm going big or I'm going home. Either way, I'm going home, but hopefully I'm coming back. <laughs> and um, yeah, it happened and it felt good. And, you know, it took a, a lot of um, talking um, with my 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 ride or die over here, Mikey, who was like, what What? Do, you have nothing to lose. Like, let's move to D.C. And so um, I did. And you were the first person that I saw when I walked, graced the halls of Signature and you were behind the bar. Oh, and, my God. Yes. And you were like, are you in hairspray? <laughs> and I thought, well, how can you tell? <laughs> um, and we were I just I loved you from the moment I saw you. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. <laughs> I, I think I heard your voice and went, this has got to be Tracy. This has got to <laughs> be Tracy. Because you were just so charming and adorable. And it just had to be. Um, that show. Let's talk about that show for a second. Um, we had Robert Aubrey Davis as oh, my mama, your mama. Um, Harry Winter was your dad. Hmm. Sherry Edlin was Velma Von Tussle. Aaron Driscoll was uh, Amber. Um, your link was Patrick Cragen. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. um, Penny, of course, was Lauren Seymour Williams. Um, Lauren Seymour. Who's that? No, what's the... Seaweed? Seaweed. We're confusing shows. <laughs> yes, you are. Seaweed was... James. James. I'm... See, this is what happens. <laughs> if this, is, this is what happens when you do too many shows. You're like, oh, right, last name. James Rodriguez. Yes. Rodriguez. James Rodriguez, yes. Um, and just an incredible cast all around. Nova. Matthew as the, um, the male authority figure. And the flasher. Or... Uh, the, I could have just been cast as in inconsistent, <laughs> inconsistent. I don't know what's going to happen every day. A new play. Yeah, that's how I felt. <laughs> but you know what? I, there, there are times we've we talked about this before, but there are times when you do a show and you know it's a business, and you know you're making money, and you realize it's a show, and I've got to go do a show. Mm -hmm. But this was one of those experiences from the set to the choreography, to the direction, to the costumes, Eric and Karma and Brie and the ensemble. I mean, I remember just every time the show was doing the, the last number, it just felt like you were. And Nova Payton. Nova, Nova. Payton. It yeah. felt like you were uh, in Vegas doing a, a rock show. It just was incredible. 
You know what? I'll never forget the feeling. It was like um, the week it got extended and it was like set to close and there were a couple left and we had a lot of school groups there and they were loving it and coming out for like one of the final bows and I could feel the floor just vibrating uh, under our feet because they were so rowdy and so into it and they were, you know, like uh, just applauding so loudly and stomping their feet and the whole place just like shook. And, um, oh, man, that was such a cool feeling. Of course, I was just an emotional wreck because I was, you know, staring out at, like, my new family on the stage. And so it, it meant something totally different for me than, than it did for them. But, wow, what a feeling that was. Yeah, it was so cool. Well, and also such a weird, like, life lesson for anybody in the business that reaches a certain sort of experience that you think, you know, how do I ever feel this joy or this acceptance or this success ever again yeah. without feeling like I'm like um, comparing it to like the rest of my life or you know how do I navigate this because it, it it's almost like a I don't want to say a drug but it's such a beautiful symptom to feel so alive in a family like that. Oh my gosh. Yes. And you know what? You just put something totally into perspective for me. Like I, I took, you know, a complete detour when I came back here and, and, and everything I do now, I just feel like, you know, it's, I want to be like, you know, don't, you know, it's, it's hard to, to find your, to really like identify your worth and have other people appreciate it in the way that it felt in that moment, you know, when you're doing other things. Yeah. I don't get quite the same charge when I file a permit. <laughs> you know although I like stand up and I'm like yeah I did that That's yes, done. of course that was my ordinance bitch <laughs> and nobody claps though you know no no they don't care I do uh, I think I just got depressed um <laughs> no I, I I think that along all of our commas in our life that we gather along the way of experiences I feel like the only way to sort of top or settle a, a very big high in your life that you got is almost to give that same experience or that feeling to someone else. Yes, you nailed it. Absolutely. And I think once you feel that balance, you can understand the yin and yang of being a uh, mentor, teacher, um, uh, amuse um, being a student, a teacher, all those things, because mm -hmm. you, you keep evolving from those things. And what you learned as a student, all of a sudden you're teaching. And all of a sudden as a teacher, you become a student. And it's just a big cycle. Yes, you nailed it. It's partly why I left. I just, I sort of had that epiphany and I just needed to give back. What, so, so Hairspray closes. What happened after that for you? What was the next thing you did? Oh, what was the next thing I Do you remember when Stephen Gregory Smith got in trouble for buying hairspray for the dressing room? A little side note. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm not going to throw anyone under the bus in case anyone's listening to this, but <laughs> there was like a hairspray shortage. We were, we were, um, to be fair, it was like a bad financial time for the, the, Theater. country yeah the country <laughs> and we were running out of hairspray and <laughs> someone came into the dressing room and said stop using hairspray stop <laughs> using all the hairspray and Stephen Gregory turned around like a black and white film and said the show's called hairspray <laughs> you have to freaking use it to make yourself look like you're in the show hairspray so then he went and bought hairspray oh I, but this is where my um where my inner like asshole comes out. I not only bought hairspray for the gentleman, <laughs> I bought red bows to put on top of it just to be really, just that extra edge. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm a conservationist. I still have my hairspray from like the opening scene <laughs> in my guest room, like on an end table. <laughs> oh, we actually had a bottle of that stuff for a while as well. <laughs> So my point is, Tyra Banks, if you're listening to this and want to continue the three of us on your show to talk about what happened, we are willing to come. <laughs> yes. What What was a TV show that you and I did? Let's talk live. We were on the 
you and I went to in, way too early in the morning and you said, I know what's going to happen. They're going to say, hey, can you sing a little something? And <laughs> of course they did. And like like a true star, you you looked at your wrist and you're like, what is it, like seven in the morning? Uh, <laughs> yeah. That was classic. Classic. <laughs> I was dead inside. Um <laughs> I can oh. be on when I need to be on, and then, I, <laughs> and then I hit the box for wine. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's the natural progression of things. Um, so, I, I, I guess uh, what after your hairspray journey was done, what, what happened next for you? Do you remember? My gosh, what did I do next? I I feel like that was a lifetime ago. Um, it, I did, it, you know, I did. Um, Hello, Dolly. I did Gypsy. I um I did a ton of like uh cabarets and concerts and I really like I really loved that. I really loved that whole part of it and getting to use that you know creative side of my brain of like arranging things and, and you know putting things together. I, I I found I got a lot out of that. Um, I personally. think we I think we just figured out the next thing must have been Women of the Blues. Yes. Oh yes. Mike's giving like high fives over here we loved that <laughs> women of the blues a creative culture and that matt uh directed uh, yes what do you mean man what do you mean man i don't know if i directed as much as say you stand there yeah <laughs> we needed somebody to do that yeah i was in the back with a you know a, uh the 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 women of the blues were ashley ashley king mm -hmm. shayla shayla simmons mm -hmm. Um, Tarina. Tarina. Yes. Who also has a oh, Let's bring that back. Yes, let's bring it back. <laughs> that was an amazing, amazing show. And then you guys went on to do the Cole show. Uh, Cole yeah. Porter. That's right. With Sean. Yes. But before that happened, you won the Helen Hayes Award for playing Tracy. Oh, my God. What a night. So, so it's your first like show in DC and first time out of the park, Grand Slam. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you you get the the leading lady award for the Helen Hayes Award. That was a uh, must have been insane to kind of feel that like welcome to DC feeling. That's exactly what it was. It was that sort of like you know, thank you for like accepting. I just wanted to thank everybody in the room. <laughs> for like allowing me to do that and you know it wasn't so much that you know here comes this new person and they're coming in and they're taking whatever it was it was like geez I've been at this since I was four you know hairspray alone like we talked about nine years of auditions like it was just sort of a, a pinnacle for me that I didn't expect but I, I just I there's something so special about DC and I loved it and I remember another girl came up to me that night and said um she had been playing Tracy in other shows or something, other theaters for a couple of years and was like, well, I'm glad some trait, at least one Tracy, you know, got an award for her performance or something like that. And I was like, this is for all of us. Like I was just so, and I was chewing gum the whole time. And I was like kicking myself that I didn't spit out my gum. And then I looked back, you know, at that and I'm like, Oh God, I just, it was such a whirlwind. Like I just didn't, I don't know. And you know, it, it's not, <laughs> I don't know. It was huge for me. Um, and I was just so grateful. Oh God, I was so grateful that night. Girl, and I was, in, I was in front of Kevin Spacey. I was a couple seats in front of him. <laughs> oh my God. I saw Kevin Spacey in the lobby and I walked up to him and I said, can I meet you? And he said, you just did. No. <laughs> and then I walked away. <laughs> no. Girl, Girl, you, I don't know. Like he's drinking in the bathroom or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Your voice is uh, so unique and, you know, uh, there's a lot of singers sometimes that you kind of can sit down and kind of watch their technique or realize that they're relying on some sort of technique or, you know, something very technical. But when you sing, it clearly just feels like you're singing. Did you have a voice when you were younger that was just there that you just kind of had to you know bring out or did you actually you know go through a lot of work to get where you were vocally because you are a power house oh, it's so funny most people that i work with out here have no idea that i even do that <laughs> you're like here's my album bitches 
No, what's really funny, and then I'll, I will I promise I'll answer your question, is that Michael Bobbitt's out here now. He's the head of the Massachusetts Cultural Council, and I feel so lucky to have him here. And uh, we were on these like regional, you know, webinars and conferences with, you know, hundreds of people. And every time before he signs off, he's like, I'd like to request Carolyn Colson, good morning, Baltimore, for all of you. That's <laughs> 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 so funny. Um, <laughs> no, you know what? So I, um, I, I was babysat. I spent a lot of time with my grandmothers growing up. Uh, and one of them, uh, Betty, who Stella's uh, named after her middle name, um, she, uh, she used to play the piano and sing. And so she used to have me stand on her bottom stair and uh, I was right next to the piano and she would play the piano and she would teach me songs. And then when my mom would come to pick me up that day, I'd like sing them. But then it was like Bette Midler, like wind beneath my wings, you know, and I was like just a little kid. Um, <clears throat> so it was something I always, always did like the, you know, the Christmas concerts at city hall when I was, you know, I don't know, four or five, um, Annie for all the school field trips at city, at the city hall and auditorium, like, I just, I always did it. And then I, um, I did, I, I really took it seriously, I guess, uh, in high school, I tried every sport. I was terrible at everything. And I'd go there with like makeup and have to leave early because I had a recital and, you know, it, it just, it interfered with my singing and the singing was what really stuck out. Like I'm not a great softball pitcher. <laughs> I would prefer to be singing. And so I did. And, you know, I had a scholarship all through high school at the New England Conservatory and I was, you know, studying opera and every language. And I've gone through the gamut of voice teachers. Um, but I found a really amazing one, Andrew Byrne in New York, um, who if I ever go back there, if I ever, you know, go back to theater, I I call him in a, in a second. And I remember him saying to me one day, like, do you understand, you know, you have a voice like, and he started naming a couple of <laughs> big people and and said you know they're identifiable you know when that person opens their mouth that it's them singing do you understand that you have that and um i i didn't um and i remember my homework all the time uh, for every voice lesson was to go home and basically do like daily affirmations like write down like you know i i, I can sing like i am good enough i am because i was just i've never had sort of that level of, of, of confidence, I guess. Um, but it was something that, you know, I knew I was going to do something with. And my mom at a very early age would say, you know, you have this gift, um, just, you know, you have to use it to give back. If there's ever, you've ever have an opportunity where you can do a benefit concert or anything, you have to use it, you know, for good and to give back. So I just sort of always had that, that mindset, like that, that would be what I would do. Um, I didn't know how or how big or where or what, but I would do something with it. So, well, and then we together, we we had a mutual sort of uh, producing backer named Mike Blank. Oh, I love Mike. Who really, really helped to set up the LLC business of Nevermore Records and really helped to propel your live recording um, album. Yes. And such fantastic music with a great band and Maria Egler and uh, Chris Mueller. Yes. Oh, my God. Uh, that was the best. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, there was something I, we were talking about this with uh, Bela. Um, you know, we did her album live as well. And there was just something so exciting about capturing things right then and there. And no one's in the room to say, let's do that again. I don't I didn't like it. It's just kind of like, this is, this is me. Take it or leave it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. I was doing music that I love. Like I studied opera all these years because that's what people had me study. And then it, I was, you know, it was sometime when I was in New York and I woke up like, and it's like, you know what I love? I love rock and I love blues. And that's what I want to be singing. Like, that's what makes me feel something. And so being able to arrange a show based off of that, um, I just thought, was like the coolest thing ever. <laughs> well, you you know, if you ever want to put that uh, album up on um, Spotify or, or, you know, out on the platforms, all you have to do is get the rights to the songs and sign up for the thing and, and go. There's nothing holding you back. Oh, do you think they'll give me the rights to Freebird? <laughs> Let me let me tell you. In my experience, you can get the rights to anything. Um, it's really the, it's really the newer stuff that's a little bit harder. Yeah. Anything that's like you know right now, 
Um, but if it's, if it's anything that has a little bit of age to it, oh, no, no one cares. It's already been done. Well, I think we should be working towards a heart cover album. Oh, my gosh. Heart. Stephen, where is the, where is the draft? <laughs> um, I, I think what the, okay. So for those of you who don't know, which is everybody. Uh, everyone. Um, <laughs> Including Mike, probably. <laughs> yeah, Mike, sit down. We have a new project. Um, Carolyn Cole sent me a book during the first lockdown. Um that was, I can't believe I have to say first. It was a, for, it was a, yeah, right after she gave you the New England Recipe book. <laughs> Chowder. Yeah, Chowder on lobster rolls. <laughs> um, that was the, the it was uh, Nancy, was it Nancy's book or Anne's? Oh, I, I thought they both. It was them both. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. Um, <laughs> kicking and screaming. No, kicking and dreaming. Yeah, that, that kind of uh, tells the story of Heart, uh, the What's band, Kicking and Dreaming. Yeah. Um, and she she thought, uh, you know, I should read it and think about, you know, doing a Heart uh, musical, um, which I still want to do. But uh, I think the goal first would be some kind of like cabaret mm -hmm presentation of it so, so you could get away with doing those songs that are rights you know that have the rights to them um and then like do a loose book but very loose in that presentation and then you know accidentally get accidentally ask a press person to come <laughs> accidentally record it and submit it to the a and r people you know accidentally tick tock three minutes of this yeah Accidentally call Mike Blank. <laughs> Accidentally yeah. call Mike Blank. Oh, I'm sorry, that was not a butt dial. <laughs> it's interesting though because the the song catalog of Heart is so rich. Uh, yeah. There's so many amazing songs that fit because they were coming from them, mostly some not um, that fits the kind of story of where they were. At mm. the time, um, where are they from? Oh, is it Seattle? I can't remember that. I remember the statues in Massachusetts of there is a great aunt with the axe or whatever. She was like a famous for killing someone, and I'm like, yes, they have badass connections. Yes, it's Seattle. Mike googled it. He's the fastest fingers in the West East. Um, <laughs> that's yeah. I, I think I remember the Seattle thing because. Then there was discussion about what Seattle as a music town, of course, the, the grunge of it all and everything that they, you know, happened after them. But um, Seattle and then they toured Canada. They were big in Canada um, before they started. Yeah, there's there's some fun stories of some dives that they played and like. Uh, but but then like just even even the body dysmorphic kind of issues um, that Nancy had to go through. Is it Nancy or Anne? Anne. Anne. Anne, brunette, Nancy, blonde. Yes. Right? <laughs> and she describes like being on the set of uh, one of the big music videos and like she felt like she was like ridiculous looking and what they were putting her in. And, yeah. um, and the hair was just getting bigger and bigger and... <laughs> they were losing control of like the 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 purity of what they were um but still some of those like stadium rock songs that are just gigantic um yes. so yeah i am still obsessed and down with that idea so you know <laughs> post quarantine we'll talk about that um um but 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 also let's go back real quick because you are known for doing like pop and rock and blues a lot. I made you sing Cole Porter songs, um, which was quite a different sound for you. Uh, but you were so freaking amazing at it. And you and Sean Thompson as Cole and Linda, that was such a beautiful, cute little um, love letter to the Porters. Oh, yeah. I loved it. People loved it. You know, you you hear you you recognize all the songs, but you don't really hear them in succession, and you can't really visualize them. So to put that all together, and then with Sean, who I just adore, mm -hmm. um, oh, so nice. Yeah, and and 
I, I think there's one other besides Hello Dolly, which I did not get to see. I didn't get to see it because we were, it was like right before our wedding and we were nuts. Uh, <laughs> which you sang at, at our um, wedding, the, the sideshow pre-show thing too. Um, the the uh, the show Spin, I did get to see. That's right. Um, that was, a, so tell us a little bit about the Spin because you did a workshop first and then uh, there was full production. That was people from, uh, is it uh, South Korea? Yes. Yeah. It, it eventually went there. They were going to do it there afterwards. Um, yeah. Oh, that was so interesting. You know what? Spin and company. I forgot company. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. But you know what? So we did the workshop and geez, that was my, that was my music. That was my jam. So I'd go home and I, that's what I'd be singing like in the shower, you know, like when you just want to have fun and vocalize and, you know, do something you're, you're comfortable with. Um, and so when, when Eric asked me to do that in, uh, on stage in the full production and, and, you know, sing, I was like, yeah, <laughs> yes. It's like one of those things that you're like, you know, if I ever got that call, man, I would jump so fast at that. Um, so I was so excited to do that. It had, you know, a, a lot of layers, a lot of levels. I think it was, it was cool that, you know, I, I could come out and be someone other than Tracy Turnblad. Cause you know, if that's all people really see of you, they don't sort of know that the, all these other, you know, uh, elements and sides. And so it, it was cool that I got to, you know, do like real like serious acting <laughs> like I had daddy issues you know and I had a kid and I <laughs> um and just not just a bouffant um and some cute kids um so yeah it was really cool I really loved singing that music and I liked the idea of creating something you know like original that that hadn't been done a hundred times you know so I could put my own pun intended spin on it yeah. um yeah, and we still sing those songs. I do a little chatter, like I don't know, to this day, like it'll like pop out in a conversation. <laughs> that was fun. Was was spin your last show here? Uh Gypsy was my last show, and Gypsy. then I, I did our concert four nights sold out, and then um, I packed up my suitcase. <laughs> how was how was um, first of all that production of Gypsy was incredible with Sherry Edelin as Mama Rose. Uh, yeah. Um, the way it was staged, like a like a real like legit nineteen fifties like transitions and everything, yeah. you'd never see that anymore. How was you were part of the Tory Adorables? Is that right? <laughs> yes, I was Caroline the cows behind. Oh my god! <laughs> I remember walking in that day and saying, "Oh, this is what a Helen Hayes Award gets you." <laughs> Um, yeah, and then I was, um, uh, oh, I understudied all the, um, what do you call them? The what? The strippers? Yes, yes, the strippers. And I remember all of them are out one day and we were doing a rehearsal and I had to play all three parts speaking to each other in different characters. Oh my um, God. Yeah, those are like the fun moments that you remember. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it was, it was fun. I think what made it and this is maybe sort of why I started to, to really consider transitioning out. What made it the most special for me was that Minnie was in that with me, my dog, my Frenchie. Oh, right. That's right. I forgot she was. Yes. She had her own station, you know, in the dressing room and she had someone bring her to call, you know, bring her, you know, to places. And, and um, you know, Mike and I used to joke, like, you know, we'd be leaving and like, like rushing out for work. We're like, geez, Minnie, you're so lazy. Get a job. And then we're like, <laughs> we can't even say that anymore. She's like equity. <laughs> Right. <laughs> um, but I love that. I love just having her with me. You know, I went, I, we had been married for years. Like she was our first baby. So it was so cool. Like, you know, I don't know, bringing family and on something like that with you. Absolutely. Oh God. There was a show that I was able to have my own dressing room and I had Buddha in there with me. And it just was like, oh, my God, I have so much less anxiety with, with yes. having him there, not worrying. Yes. Um, Dogs because change he, everything backstage. Well, I remember Jenny um, got peanut when we were doing, um, was that hairspray? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. And so peanut was in the dressing room with me. 
and chewing things and like peeing and like running in circles. And I'm like, it's totally fine. I just can't get past this dog to get to my places. <laughs> That's right. But it does. Yeah. It just, you know, it brought a whole fun element to the to the whole thing. <laughs> now, I'm, I don't want to make people feel, you know, guilty that they did ha, didn't pivot before the the, uh, the uh, pandemic or anything. But it, was it kind of like a sigh of relief? when the, all the pandemic stuff happened and you were like, thank God I'm not trying to get a job in DC theater scene right now. <laughs> I, um, geez, I talk, I felt like I, I talked about that at length. But it wasn't so much a relief as I felt, I kept saying, I, I feel so grateful now that I was in a position where I could, you know, grant funding to artists to create during that time. Mm-hmm. Um, I could advocate for those things. I was on, I mean, talk about a pivot. I was on, I was 10 to 12 hours a day um, on public health calls. I was on, you know, a food security task force, a vulnerable populations task force. I was just doing anything and everything I could um, to help, to help people uh, who, who needed it. Um, and, and I kept saying that like on all our like regional convenings over zoom, like I'm just, I'm grateful to be able to assist the, the people who, you know, would rally around me if I had a bad day, you know, we were a community, we were a family. Um, and so to be sort of on that other side of it, um, it wasn't as much like, Oh, thank God I'm not there, but as a, thank God I'm here. Um, right. and, and I can help. You know? Yeah. And you also there is close to your family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. My whole family's all around me. Um, and so when I think about like, you know, working with the community, like the community literally is my family. So I put a lot into what I do. And especially now with Stella. Oh, God, I'm such a feminist now. (laughs) Everything I do is I I call her Madam President. I'm like, get used to it, honey. (laughs) Madam President. (laughs) Like, I, you know, I just everything I do is to create an environment of opportunity for her and empower her. Um, And so, yeah, I just I I, that's that's what it was. I I, I, something sort of struck me where I, I didn't I didn't need to be you know, in, in front of everything I needed to, I needed to be behind it sort of fueling the engine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, you know, what's interesting is Mike and you and I and Steven never really tried to be friends. <laughs> like we didn't plan like dinners at Guapo's and order chips and ask people like, you know, ask each other, like, so what do you do? Or where are you <laughs> <laughs> we ne- we never went through that process because it was like this natural mm-hmm. feeling of wanting to be around each other that felt like there was um yeah just a very natural friendship that happened between us. It was Kismet and Apple Whiskey. It was <laughs> Kismet and together. Apple Whiskey. <laughs> That was one of our favorite Thanksgivings of all time. There was that, and then there was Little Orphan Easter, our first year there with Minnie at Maria Egler's house. And, like, those are some of the – and we have, like, serious family traditions for big holidays, but those are some of our favorite memories. We talk about them all the time. Oh, we all – every Thanksgiving, we always bring it up. Yes. <laughs> well, and not only us, but everyone who was here. Everyone who was here brings it up. I was like, oh, my God. Talk about not being able to top something in your life. It's like, well, this Thanksgiving sucks. Wait, are you talking about us or the apple whiskey? <laughs> it was, it was a combination. You hesitated. Yeah, both. You hesitated. Um, well, because I'm thinking, oh, I think Nancy, even this year, because, you know, this year we went out to dinner for Thanksgiving and just kind of acted like it wasn't well, we acted like it was Thanksgiving, but we went out to dinner, just four of us, and was like, you know what? Let's not even try to to even be happy. Let's be miserable. <laughs> Jeez, get drunk. But Nancy is always the one that's like, y'all, we got to get some of that apple whiskey. Yes. We can't get it anywhere near here. Really? No. We have looked since the day we left D.C. I'm not even kidding you. We cannot find it anywhere. <laughs> You need to file uh, some kind of thing with your organization to get Apple Whiskey. That's helping people. Yes, but they don't fund nonprofits to purchase alcohol. That's usually uh, like the number one stipulation. <laughs> I'll get a doctor's note. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, who could not love you to? Like like I said, I, when I walked into Signature for the first time, like, like a scared kid, you know, it was Steven who greeted me and was like, welcome. And I'm like, oh, oh. 
you know, maybe I'll have a friend. Like it just, you can't help but love you too. You're my favorites. I, when I say like that hairspray changed my life, it wasn't cause you know, it was a great show and whatever. And it was that the family that I met from there and that's you two. Well, thank you for that. We feel the exact same way. I, I, I would also say there's something about laughter and having a good time together. We also really never were the mean girls sitting around like talking about stuff. We really truly just had a good time in life. Like it was just like nothing but joy. We would laugh at each other or things. I'll never forget when one time I was upstairs on the big computer and I was paying my student loans and it went, I paid 300 and some $2, which was my monthly thing. And it went down to $49,000. And I was like, oh my God, it just went down to $49,000. So that night I went to the bar. I don't know if I was doing a show or not. It probably didn't matter because whatever show, show I was doing, I'm sure I was just doing the same blocking. But I go to the bar and Mike's there and I was like, Mike. And I was bartending. Were you? Yeah. Wait a minute, I remember this. And I was like, Mike, I, I was so excited paying my student loans tonight because it went down from a five to a four, but it's still $49,000. And Mike was like, Mike was like, well. Um, I'll buy you a drink. I'll buy well, you no, a drink. I, maybe you did buy me a drink. You said, well, here's a dollar. Oh, yes. Oh, I remember right. that. You say, here's a dollar, Matt. I'm sure you've got 49,000 friends that will give you a dollar. And we, I, we, you, we started the, I started the Let's Get Matt Connor Out of College Debt Fund. The very That's first GoFundMe. Yes. Yes. And I had people <laughs> send me letters, notes, money. I mean, insanity. <laughs> and what year was that, maybe? It was after hairspray. We was we were had more. Two thousand twelve, two thousand thirteen. Thirteen, yeah. So it's been about so just under ten years. Wow. And because of that, just under fifty thousand dollar chunk. Tonight I'm at nine. Are you really? Wow. Yeah, because nine thousand, not nine dollars. Right. Yeah, I assume it was nine bucks. So you'd be done with it. Yeah, yeah. I pay that off. <laughs> But just incredible. Just, I mean, I don't think people even realize just people giving me money on top of the money that I was going to give in really started to chip away at that capital and that interest really fast. Oh, well, yeah. I'm glad that inspired you. I mean, that's what friends are for. <laughs> Absolutely. So I, I want to get out of debt the nine thousand dollars, and I would love. I, I, <laughs> What? Why are you laughing at me? I'm dressed like I'm dressing a professional. Okay. Um, I would love to figure figure out a way to start either a scholarship or something that would be to help people not take money for school, but help them get out of debt because that's what was given to me. Oh, I love that. That kind of project. How about the yeah. Stella Betty Fogarty College Fund? <laughs> That sounds like a song. <laughs> oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah. But yeah, I um, I think of that every month because of it. You know, I even had a friend that gave me a Christmas gift and they said, Matt, this is money for your college fund. Put it towards your college fund. And once again, it was a nice little cha-ching. Oh, my heart is touched. Next time I mean, it'll be 10 bucks. <laughs> I mean, we're still renting. There's that. But... <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. Nine. That's really amazing. Yeah, I, I, I've got some money in my savings that once once I kind of get to a place, I think I'm going to do that, you know, one big drunk moment where I'm like, I'm just going to pay it off tonight. Yes. Well, you know what? Let's make the heart concert a fundraiser. Have a heart. Pay off Matt's student loans. Yeah. Oh, my God. How right. self-serving of us. Yeah, have a heart. <laughs> Pay off Matt Connor's big college fart. <laughs> what did it get you? Right. You're, you're talking with us on a Sunday night at 9.30. I know. With mini snoring in the background. <laughs> My direction of women in the blues was barely even mentioned in the in the false church news press. 
<laughs> on DC theater scene. So, hey, quickly, yeah. what goes through your household now? Uh, we, tomorrow's going to be Monday morning. Um, when you guys wake up, what's going to happen? Does everyone stay home on the computer? Are people leaving? What does your day look like tomorrow? Oh, man. Yeah, Mike and I are in separate rooms on our computers all day. Uh, Stella's in school, like transitional kindergarten, Tuesday through Friday. So at least we have the first half of the day to really like crank out all our meetings. And then when she comes through the door, it's kind of like, can you be slightly quiet in the other room while I have this other meeting? <laughs> um, and then it's Mike's busy season. You know, he's a, an NCAA basketball official. So basically November through March, um, there's a lot of nights where we have girl time. Uh, so we do that at night and he's out sometimes, you know, four or five nights a week or all day Saturdays anywhere in the Northeast doing that, which is super cool. Um, but, you know, I can't go to any of those games because they yell at him and I yell at them and it gets really messy. Oh, um, God, I never even thought of that. Oh, yeah. They'll be like, bad call, ref. And I'll turn around and say, actually, that is correct, because player B, you know, mm. <laughs> committed a personal technical against player A. I don't know. But I, <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that's our life right now. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we were, you know, last year we were, um, oh, geez, homeschooling Stella. And I would my mom would she's a retired principal. She would take her like Tuesday and try to teach her. And then I would try to teach her a couple hours on a Wednesday. And then Mike would try to teach her a couple hours on a Thursday. And then Thursday ended up just always being field trip day. So he could just get get out of the house and take her to the beach or something because it's oh, God, it's hard. It's so hard. Yeah. Uh, live, doing all this, you know, with a little one. But at the same time, it's like, geez, I, I would have been. I, I don't know. I think it would have been harder without her. Like she's what I'm grateful for every day. Right. We used to do like hug time, like the trolls movie. And we'd set our alarms for a certain time of day where they'd, they'd go off and we'd all do like family hug time just to like regroup. Cause you have to, any little outlet of sanity that you can find, you, you got to do it. And the boxed wine needed a break. <laughs> well, it's like we, we were all forced back into our caves as a family unit back in the olden days, except we now have technology that reaches the entire world. Yes, true. Yes. So it's like, oh, great. We can all be together. Uh-oh, wait, I've got to work and eat and... Um, I'm so sick of doing the dishes and the laundry. Oh my god! <laughs> We're doing laundry right now. We're literally staring at a pile of half done, half folded laundry, and and we might wash the dishes. How many times a week do you? And it looks the same the next morning. Yeah. Oh yeah. god, it's oh. <laughs> I've worn the same three outfits since um, 2019. <laughs> Seriously. And they're all stretchy. <laughs> I did start to amass quite a collection of comfy socks. I will say that. <laughs> I, yeah, I, my dress pants are just like unused. We're, we are strangers. Um, and my dress shoes just doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when, I mean, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't have to. I, I have a, a quick question. Mm-hmm. Did you see the Adele concert in L.A.? Who didn't? <laughs> um, what, are you, what are you reading? What am I reading? Anything. Like a book? <clears throat> like I'm currently reading. Oh God. I'm currently reading the book called... Why do you say, oh, God? No, no. <laughs> I'm currently cannot... reading emails. <laughs> I am not worried about people reading books. I am worried about people banning books. Absolutely sure. I'm I reading <laughs> the book called I Am Not Ashamed by Barbara Payton. Oh, nice. And if you haven't read it, it's sort of like watching a John Waters movie. Oh, oh, that's enjoyable. She was a Hollywood starlet that just went down the tubes and she's writing her stories and she's throwing everybody under the bus and it's all true. Oh, that sounds good. It's one of John Waters' favorite books. So I got it for Matthew because I had read like half of it years ago on <clears throat> on my Kindle when I used to have a Kindle. Then I lost my Kindle on the train to New York. <laughs> so I bought the book. The book was out of print for a long time and it recently got back in. And uh, 
I got him a copy and it is, we can tell why it's one of John Waters' favorite books because it sounds like all of Divine's dialogue. Wait, let me tell you a quick story. Do you have time for a quick story? Oh, I have all the time in the world for you. I read this book at the gym while I look act look like I'm working out, but I'm just walking. And, <laughs> and so one day we get in the car and I said, oh, poor Barbara. And I said, she met this guy who fell in love with her at a gas station. He promised he was going to marry her. And she said, I'm not going to marry you. And he, and he said, how much? And she said, oh, I need $3,000. And she, he said, what are you going to do with $3,000? And she said, I, I already have a fur. I just want a, a diamond bracelet. So she said, I'll, you know what? You can buy me a drink. So they went and had a drink. He professed his love to her. He just loved her. She said, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to sleep with you, kid. So finally, she gets a thing in the mail that says that he's leaving $3,000 to her. No, that he, he, she is a part of his will. And he was into, um, into uh, automobiles because he worked for the garage. And anyways, he got injured in a, a, a car racing thing, ended up dying. Oh, my God. And in her, oh, wait, wait, first she went to the hospital and she was trying to make him feel better. So she showed him like different panties she had bought and different things to make him feel better. <clears throat> and I said, and then she died. And guess what? No, he died. Oh, then he, he died. died. <laughs> and then guess what? Came in the mail, $3,000. And she bought herself a diamond bracelet because she thought that's what he would have wanted. And Stephen looks at me in the card. He said, oh, my God, this entire time, I thought you were talking about Barbara Bear. Oh my God! Because he talks to Barbara Bear on an almost daily basis. Oh my God! I talk to Barbara Bear on the phone every day. I'd say I didn't know Barbara had such an affinity for panties. That's what Steven said. He said, "Well, so then I told Barbara Bear the story, and she said, honey, if that's gonna be three thousand dollars, I showed anybody my panties.'" <laughs> so I think I found a way to raise that nine thousand dollars. <laughs> Turn this into a musical. That's what I want to do. There was a, he was telling, this is just another quick story. She's a freak, like, about sex and things like that. And she was in Mexico living with this guy. There was a big hurricane coming. The, the whole, like, the village of 190 people is being destroyed. And for some reason, it turned her on. So she ran out into the wind and rain and like stripped naked and was yelling, kill, kill, destroy everything. I think I did that at the height of COVID. Continue. Yeah. And uh, understood. And um, and then like her husband pulled her back in the house and she was like, make love to me. And, and he like threw a horse blanket over her so she could cover herself. Um, and they didn't work out. But I just had this image of this woman stripping naked in a hurricane yelling, kill, kill. That's a song. Don't you hear it? I know. <laughs> this is from the book, page 155. Kill everything. Kill, kill, destroy, blow the world down. Oh, I, I dress simply with a high heel neck dress, so no jewelry, no hair style. He didn't have sex with me. We caught it off and I knew I should move back to Hollywood. <laughs> this is based on a true story. Yes. And no. then because, I, so we were obsessed with this woman. Uh, she was in films. She dated like leading men. And I, I was like, you know, is there a podcast on Barbara Payton? Like I'd like yes. to hear more. And I, I looked her up and there are several, but I found out she got murdered, which of course is not in the book. That's its own podcast. I mean, okay, so what are you reading? Anything? Oh, my God. No, literally just emails. And what are you watching? Are you addicted to anything right now on the tube? I was going to ask you for suggestions. I, we did the whole girl in the house across the street, the window, drinking wine. That did, thing. You, did, you, did you ever see, um, we just started The Gilded Age. Have you started that? I have not. What is that on? Um... H HBO Plus. Ah, okay. We do have it, that. It's like Downton Abbey, American style. Ooh, really? And it's all like a lot of Broadway actors. <laughs> oh, yeah. You'll recognize like everyone in it. Really? I don't know that. Okay. It's, it's made by the same guy who did Downton, Downton Abbey. Abbey. Okay. 
Julie Julian Fellows. Fellows. Julian Fellows. Um, we, um, we of course did, and just like that, the mm-hmm. Sex and the City reboot. We have, done that. We have not. The done Queer that. Eye would make you cry every time. Oh, really? It's so good. It's so good. Oh, okay. Um, and Jonathan from Queer Eye now has a new show called. Getting curious. getting curious with Jonathan Van Ness. Getting curious. And the first one's about bugs. And you're like, oh my God, I'm not sure I should watch this, but I'm going to. <laughs> we like those kinds of things. We learn so much. Yeah. Also <laughs> on Hulu, uh, Pam and Tommy. That's about Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee from oh, in the sex tape. Yeah. Okay. See, I have three buckets. I have the Stella bucket, which we've just been in Kanto at least once a day, every day. And then yeah. I have the what Mike and I watch when Stella goes to bed. And then I have the when Mike's refereeing and Stella's in bed and I need to entertain myself. So I do all the girly things that he'll never watch. So I have those three buckets to fill. Well, I will tell you, like, the Pam and Tommy is explicit. So, but it is... It captures the like not the late '90s and early 2000s so incredibly well, and it's just such a bonkers story because it's it's a comedy if you can believe it, but it's also not because speaking of feminism, that sex tape did zero damage to Tommy Lee, but all mm-hmm. the damage in the world to Pamela Anderson. That's usually what happens. That's what happens and with Mike and I, Mike and Mike Dave. My God. Yeah, don't piss off any contractors is the lesson learned because he, he pissed off a contractor and didn't pay him, so he stole the his, safe the safe that this tape was in. You're kidding. No, it's a crazy story. Seth Rogen is in it. Ooh. Um it's it's uh, he plays the guy who stole the tape. Um anyway, I'm into that a lot right now. Um we just finished shrink next door. What's that? Oh, that's the Will Ferrell and Paul Paul Rudd on Apple Apple whatever Apple TV, and oh. that's based on a true story too. That's infuriating. Oh, but it was good. Um, and then we saw House of Gucci with Patrice. We haven't Adam. seen it yet. Oh yeah. Um, what else have we seen? Mostly kids movies. I gotta be honest, because then by the time yeah. she goes to bed, I fall asleep on the couch. <laughs> yep, understandable. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Carolyn, we love you guys. We love you, Mike. Um, I love you guys. We love you too. We're we're so grateful to talk to you as always. And please keep in touch. Um, shoot me a text every once in a while. Take a picture of the snow. I love it all. Oh, yeah. There's plenty of it. I certainly will. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for inviting me. I love talking to you guys as much as Absolutely. possible. And we'll make a trip back out there when uh, things are, you know, Normal. <laughs> yeah, we gotta work on this damn concert, this heart concert. See, yes. I wanna see I wanna see an outline tonight. Okay. okay. Me too. All right. <laughs> All right. Good night, guys. We'll talk All right. to you soon. Love you guys. Thank you. Bye. Thanks so much for spending time with us, Carolyn. Um, it's always a treat and a delight. Um, to hear your voice and shout out to Mike for making a little guest appearance there um well like we like we talked about we were just always sort of like friends from the start fast friends it's fast true. friends it's I know, we true. don't even know why it's it's unexplainable like the universe and listeners I have to tell you um one of our past guests from last week Bela Witten dropped off an amazing self-made everything hala so it's like a hala bread loaf with everything bagel topping and and this kind of behavior is not uh, condoned but it is um it is recommended <laughs> we have been destroying um, that loaf ever since it's so wonderful thank you Bela it is amazing. I was thinking about maybe just we could open up a Hala store that's just called either Hala yeah. or everything. Yeah. And everything in it is flavored with everything. Yeah. I think that I would I would be there every it's day. It's just called everything. Everything, yeah. Everything drinks. Uh-huh. 
Well, that, that could get dangerous. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's kind of suicide. Oh, my God. Remember those? Mm-hmm. Anyways, thank you, Carolyn and Mike. Yes. And Stella. So good and to Minnie. talk to you. Um, so if you want to find out more about us, please visit www.connorsmithmusicals.com. That's Connor with an E-R. You can find us on Facebook and TikTok under Connor and Smith, again, with an E-R. Please rate, review, subscribe to this podcast. It really helps us out a lot. Share it with your friends. Put it where you put places and things and stuff, you know, on the inner tubes. Um, We will be back tomorrow with another guest. And thank you all for listening. As always, we appreciate it. And if you're not listening, thank you too. If you're not listening, you didn't hear this. So you're missing out. Yeah, great. It's it's a (laughs) win-win. All right. We will see you tomorrow. Bye. Bye.